Welcome to the podcast for a cruel world, where we offer financial insights for people who love life more than money. Thank you for listening to the A Cruel World podcast. Normally these episodes are not one person alone because that's not very interesting, but I wanted to slip in an inaugural episode that sets the tone for us. And I'm going to start things off with a story. This is a true story, but it's not one person's story. It's a combination of the last five to six sessions I've had about this particular issue. A guy comes in and after a while we get to work on his budget. He makes about $3,000 a month after taxes, but he's paying a lot toward rent and maybe student loans. He's not too wild with his money, but things just aren't adding up, and every month he's going a little bit further into credit card debt. So, we start talking about specific items, and the one that sticks out like a sore thumb is the $600 a month car payment. Normally when I see that, one of two things is happening. Either someone has terrible credit and just took whatever interest rate they were offered at a buy here, pay here lot, and walked out with a 29% auto loan for a 10-year-old POS that's going to require a lot of maintenance and will break down long before the loan is paid. Or the person is buying more car than he can afford. So I ask about that payment. It's a two-year-old truck he bought new, so I ask him if this is something he needs, maybe for work. No, it's just his truck. He bought it because everyone else he knows owns a truck and he wanted one to. Now I used to ask whether he thinks the others he knows can afford these trucks or if they are also going into debt every month. But now I know to ask about the stress of making that payment every month and the fear of falling behind and having it repoed. Yeah, he's having a hard time making that payment and that doesn't even include the crazy insurance payments required for a new truck. Depending on the terms of the loan and whether he currently owes more than it's worth, I might advise, or at least work through the scenario of a little short-term pain for some longer-term happiness. You want a truck? Fantastic. I want to help you own one that you can afford, but maybe the way forward is to downsize to a car payment that's more like $200 to $250 a month, so you have more flexibility to get your credit score up, pay off some debts, and put together a down payment. And obviously that's not going to be a truck, that's going to be a little beater car for a while. And we'll talk about career pathways and whether he might make more in the future. Otherwise, we talk about how to find a good used truck that will cost less. Two things are likely to be happening with this person. First and foremost, the stress of acquiring or maintaining something he can't afford is outweighing the pleasure and happiness he derives from the thing. This defeats the purpose. And second, maybe a little less obvious, This financial stress is like a stone sitting on his chest, which presents him from figuring out what he wants out of life. And even if he does know what he wants, he doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about it and planning for it because money has become an obstacle rather than a tool to get there. That is why a cruel world takes the approach it does. There's a lot of financial literacy out there and seemingly a lot of financial coaching options, but Younger people's financial lives and personal goals are extremely complex. Some people go the traditional route of career, marriage, family, mortgage. For many, experiences and especially travel have become a high priority. 
student loan debt determines what people can or cannot do, housing prices are prohibitive, job stability seems rare, and living wages are hard to find, and many of us started our careers during the Great Recession and know how much of an illusion financial stability can be, especially since we look around and realize many of the underlying issues that led to the Great Recession are unchanged. We don't have pensions, and we suspect Social Security won't be there for us in 30 to 40 years. In my 15 years of social service work, I have realized that people will accept discouragement only to a certain point, then they demand change. Some of that manifests in healthy ways, and, as we've seen, some in unhealthy ways. From a cruel world's perspective, there is one way we can contribute to meeting the demand for change in a healthy way, and that is by offering financial coaching that helps define life goals and then build a short and medium-term financial plan to meet those goals. The point of a cruel world, the reason behind the way I do financial coaching, is that life should dictate your financial plans and your financial expectations, not the other way around. Having money and trying to make sure you always have money or not having money and being overly stressed about it defeats the purpose. Knowing what you want in life Figuring out who you are and what your values are, what you want to accomplish, is more important. And then we can develop a financial plan to achieve those goals. If your goal is to buy a house, great, let's talk about when and how to do that. If your goal is to travel, then my goal is to figure out how to sustain that or prepare for it by paying down maybe student loans or taking care of other obligations. My wife and I had a plan that allowed us to travel and serve internationally for three years before settling down and committing to raising children and paying a mortgage. Now, I'm going to help you understand how to financially support your goals, but I'm also going to push you in a coaching session on the long-term consequences or downsides or sacrifices you'd be making. If you think you're going to retire at 40 and live off, say, $1,000 or $2,000 a month, I'm going to ask about what you might think happen, might, what you think might happen over the next 30 to 40 years that might require more income. My goal is to strengthen your financial plan to truly support your life goals and to help you assess the risks of the decisions you're making. I'm not a professional investor or wealth manager. My job is to help you understand what your goals are and how better understanding of finances and credit can help you achieve them. And you can read more about that, about the coaching at accruelworldcoaching.com, but I wanted to highlight one aspect that ends up being a part of almost all my coaching sessions, and that is applying the discipline of thankfulness to our personal finances. Let's start by emphasizing the broader point that thankfulness is in fact a discipline and one we should be more intentional to develop. Thankfulness leads to peace and happiness, but we are culturally conditioned to envy others for what they have, which I think leads to stress and dissatisfaction. I am fortunate in my social service work to have been in a position to constantly be reminded of what others are struggling with, but even then, thankfulness is a muscle that must be worked out. Thankfulness can be a big factor if we are particularly fortunate. I bought my house in 2015 by the skin of my teeth because we have two kids and saw the rental market going insane in our community. And now when I see the average rent for a two-bedroom exceeding my mortgage, I am thankful we were able to see that coming and execute a strategy to do something about it. Another example is I have double-paned windows in my house. I mean, my community has a lot of older homes with single-pane windows, and I know their heating expenses are brutal in the winter. 
But financial thankfulness can also be practiced for small or very small things that I think pay big happiness dividends. For instance, I bought new tires for my family van last fall. It was a stretch financially and caused almost physical pain to shell out $800, but I could cover it. And when I think about the families driving around with bald tires and laboring over the knowledge that they have to choose between either driving on unsafe tires or putting yet another charge on the credit card, I, I feel thankful. I remember being 22 with a maxed out $2,000 credit card and my car broke down, which I needed to get to work. I don't even remember how I fixed that situation, but I do remember the panic. If you paid your rent or mortgage this month, you should you can think about the, the many families that either fell behind on their housing payment or had to sacrifice something like food or paying the electric bill to make it. I sometimes worry about my debt-to-income ratio with my mortgage, but I'm not too worried about losing my housing soon, and I'm very thankful for that. And there are very small examples. I took my kids for a walk downtown last weekend because we finally had a sunny day, and I bought each of them a chocolate milk. For a moment, I thought about how those milks are a dollar each, and if I buy them in bulk at the grocery store ahead of time and bring them with me, they're a lot cheaper. They're about $2 when I stop at a coffee shop. But my kids look forward to the experience, so I take the hit and I, and I brush it off. As a side note, we don't often talk about the resilience of being able to just write off expenses. I think because we're afraid it's a slippery slope to just being wasteful with our money. But in reality, if I have a $2 or $100 or $1,000 expense that I know I'm going to end up paying, is it better to beat myself up over the decision and then feel guilt and stress about it or just shell it out, feel the pain for a second, and move on with my life? I choose the latter, but the ability to be emotionally resilient about unexpected expenses, even small ones, is a privilege I know many do not enjoy, and I'm thankful I can weather it. I know parents that take their kids on lavish vacations to fancy beaches and to Disneyland. We'll do some of that eventually, I hope, but we haven't yet because we had other life goals like international service, grad school, and buying a home. But we still feel bad that we can't afford to do it and you know, until the holidays roll around and I see many parents that can't afford to buy their kids Christmas presents. It's devastating to even think for a moment what it would be like to not be able to to, to buy two to three presents for my kids that I know that they would want. I worry my kids get too many presents at Christmas, and I'm, I guess I'm thankful for that, for that problem. And then I care a lot less about how many times they'll get to go to Disneyland. We're going camping this summer, uh, a lot. It's cheap, it's a blast, and I'm thankful for it. And that makes me happy and thankful. Um, it also makes me upset that parents can't afford Christmas presents for their kids, or food for that matter, which is why I do what I do, but that's for another time. Another recent example of practicing thankfulness, the weather is improving. And I started working in my backyard, which, by the way, I'm thankful to have a backyard where I can work and my kids can play. And the other day, my cheap wheelbarrow broke that I bought last year and probably shouldn't have. And with little kids, I worried anyway about it tipping over, so I went ahead and bought a new four-wheeled wheelbarrow that I that won't tip. I didn't love shelling out the money, but I knew I could do it and did, and I, I love it, and I'm thankful every time the job goes faster in the backyard. Again, these are both small and large examples, but that's the point. It's the key to happiness, or at least a key to happiness and to the peace of mind that helps us clarify our life goals, which in turn helps us develop a financial plan. Had a few conditions in my life over which I had no control been different, I might be in a condo wishing I had a house with a backyard, or 
renting an expensive house wishing I could buy something, or renting an apartment wishing I could rent a house, or living with family wishing I could afford to live on my own, and on it goes. I'm sure you can see the themes of my life goals threaded throughout this, and yours are probably different, but whatever your values and life goals are, I want your financial plan to support those goals rather than hold you back from realizing them. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Accrual World. Subscribe to download new episodes and go to accruelworldcoaching.com for more insights and to sign up for your online coaching session.